What up, peeps? This is Mr. Fratz, and welcome to episode 71 of the Fratzelmania podcast. This week, I am joined by my good brother, my good friend, Mr. Warren Hayes of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show, live on YouTube every Thursday night. Check him out. This week, Warren and I are reviewing WWE Judgment Day 2002. Featuring Reverend Devon. Also featuring Rob Van Dam defending the Intercontinental Championship against Test, Brock Lesnar, and Paul Heyman against the Hardy Boys. Yes, you heard me right, Paul Heyman in a match in 2002. A Hell in the Cell match with Triple H and Chris Jericho, The Undertaker, challenging undisputed champion Hulk Hogan for the championship. Oh, and this other little-known match, Edge versus Kurt Angle, hair versus hair. So sit back, relax, grab a nice refreshing beverage, and listen to Warren and I go over this historic show. And be sure to check out the Mr. Warren Hayes Show on YouTube and everywhere else podcasts can be heard. Welcome everybody to episode 71 of the Fretzelmania podcast. I of course am Mr. Fretz and today I'm joined by a very special guest here to review Judgment Day 2002. I'm joined by a man I've been watching on YouTube for, good Lord, probably about three or four years now. It used to be in the uh, post-Raw stream era, the full predictions era. My good brother from La Province de Quebec, Mr. Warren Hayes. How are you, sir? I'm doing really well. Thank you. Thank you. Geez, that's that's a that's a when you put it that way, it's like, okay, I've been doing it that long, and there's actually you know, there's throwback stuff, you know, the, like like the bold predictions things that I used to do and the 2.9 and all that stuff. Things change, but it's always fun. It's always good. But most importantly, thank you for having me, man, because it's been a while since we've been trying to get this uh, put together and uh, been looking forward to it. So I'm glad we're finally able to do it. We're, we're finally here. Yeah, just a uh, work-related hijinks uh, got us Isn't up. Isn't it always before. hijinks? It's always hijinks. Someone's sick. It happens. There you go. Yeah, and then then we're like, okay, can we do it? No, that's WrestleMania. No, that's before WrestleMania. That's after. We're just getting over the post WrestleMania hangover. I did yeah. a review of it a couple of weeks ago. Very enjoyable show. I just before you got on here, I was watching the Pat McAfee show. Him documenting his old time, fun stuff. But this isn't WrestleMania. This is a show that's almost twenty years to the day. And it mm-hmm. is Judgment Day 2002 from the, I think it was the Gaylord Entertainment Center in Nashville, Tennessee on May 19th. And Kane fans know the significance of May 19th. But before I get into this uh, <clears throat> review, we got some pop culture, Warren, to go over here. Ooh. So in theaters, we had Shanghai Noon. Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Oh, Jesus. Okay. And something I saw on day one, I think, Spider-Man. The original Sam Raimi. The original Sam Raimi Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire, and Bonesome McGraw. Yeah. <laughs> uh, loved that movie. In video games, we had Final Fantasy Eleven, mm. Morrowind, and Grand Theft Auto 3. Wait a second. Hang up. Morrowind in 2002? I'm really the, maybe the PC. I met him in the PC. Yeah, no, no, thing. no. Absolutely for the PC. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Those are my notes. Because what was the one after Morrowind that wasn't Skyrim? I'm trying to. Yeah, I, I didn't play all those like Fallout. Uh, no. Beth, but, but is that Bethesda? It's Bethesda. They're, they're Bethesda games, but I think. Morrowind in 2002 
that's wild, dude. That's it's a 20 year old game and people are, and people still play it and you can still go back to it and and be like, Hey, you know what? This is actually really good. The mechanics are really interesting and it's really deep and it's a 20 year old game. Wow. That's a mind blow, dude. (laughs) That doesn't make me any younger pal. I feel your pain. I feel your pain, man. (laughs) And in music, we had Eminem's The Eminem Show, that is with the Without Me. I sideberg here. I went to a coffee house when I was in when I was in Bible college, and my friends like, no, let's let's get you out of the house. Uh, You're stressed with exams and finals and whatnot. Let's go hang out. Coffee house, good stuff. Then this guy does an audio rent. acoustic rendition of without me and i was entertained (laughs) just out of the blue kind of thing yeah wow weezer's maladroit and i don't Mm -hmm. know what songs would be on maladroit because i think i that'd be island not island in the sun but beverly hills might have been on that one no no uh i'm trying to remember myself but like it's not I don't think you'd consider it Weezer's finest hour either, you know, wasn't you know, but there, no, that's not um, the, the green album comes further down, uh, further down the line. It's, it's fine, you know, but an entirely forgetful uh, and, and, you know, no one would be offended if you forgot about Maladroit. It's fine. Which actually in French, you pronounce Maladroit, which means, uh, uh, um, uh, Shit, uh, ma, uh, it, it means being uh, clumsy. Okay, then that's uh, that's completely me. And speaking of forgotten stuff here, do you remember Tom DeLong from Link 182's side project named Boxcar Racer? Nope. Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on to here. This oh, was- that's fine. But you know what? I remember in t- in two in two thousand two though there was also. I think it's Mastodon's first album that they released. Oh. Uh, uh, I, I believe so. My memory's okay. Uh, it might have been their second, but it, like early on in their career. It might not be the first, but it's it's probably, it, me was my first exposure to Mastodon at that time and their their brand of, of you know, uh, melodic heavy metal, which is still very close to my heart. And uh, my one of my signature bands, the Decemberists, had their first uh their first lp out in that year castaways and cutouts so oh, very nice there you go since we're talking dates of releases and stuff there you go a couple That's more perfect. yeah well this was around the time they had an, a mark hoppus had a side project here this was way before angels and airwaves but this was just pop punk emo uh i feel so yeah i'd be starting to sing one of their songs here and this was just after the WWE got the F out. The first pay-per-view under the WWE banner, 12 Stones is Broken. You know, this is the band that did the theme song for the Nexus, was the soundtrack to this show. And on Sunday Night Heat, just before here, a bit of a full circle moment here, Nate, take a shot. William Regal, who just, of course, debuted for All Elite Wrestling with the Blackpool Fight Club. Combat Club. They, they... It's not just fighting, it's combat. Combat. I knew it was a word like that. Uh, defended the European title against the greatest European champion of all time, Fight Me, D'Lo Brown. Mm-hmm. In the Sunday Night Heat match. But kicking off the show right away here with an absolute banger, we have Eddie Guerrero versus Rob Van Dam for the Intercontinental mm-hmm. Championship. And of course, Eddie won the title at Backlash against RVD, who then the aforementioned regal for the title at wrestlemania so we have a great a great line of champions here we have a whole bunch of great exchanges here a flying head scissors a tornado backbreaker the the mexican surfboard rob van dam uses the mexican surfboard on a luchador not very effective though a rolling nothing into a monkey flip and a whole bunch of rolling thunder is actually connected here rob van dam is crushed on the top rope we see a sick Sunset flip powerbomb as only Rob Van Dam can do. The frog splash is denied by by Eddie's knees. And then Eddie has a backslide with his feet on the ropes to retain, lie, cheat, and steal. Warren, what did you think about this? 
Uh, I thought it was, I, I thought it was good, you know, but maybe, you know, at some point your expectations of a 2002 Rob Van Dam and Guerrero match are a little higher, you know, because, uh, you know, I, I had gone on to this going, you know, rubbing my hands together and was like, oh, this is the opener, the LFG, you know, kind of thing. But, you know, dynamic, really fun, energetic, and, you know, uh, a, a great way to open the show. I loved, there's at some point RVD does, uh, uh, does a, a fake out of the split-legged moonsault. Like he does, he does the split-legged thing, holds on to the rope and he ducks. But then, then RVD does it. And that was really cool. And I think we have to put over the surfboard spot even harder than what, than what you did. Cause uh, not only did like, he did the full surfboard, the full extension, cause there's a lot of people who do it nowadays but don't necessarily have the strength to really put up pull it off and rvd man he just lifts them and he holds them there and then they transition into a uh into like a backslide but it's not really but you know what i mean like mm-hmm. he he pivots eddie over so that his shoulders are on the mat and eddie what does he do he doesn't like do a wild kick out he just lifts lifts a shoulder and then rvd lifts him back up i'm like holy shit this is amazing. I don't know if I can curse here, so I'm being careful. But <laughs> okay, good. Because <laughs> I was, I, I thought that was phenomenal and really not something that you see a lot of people being able to pull off with these uh, with these surfboard moves these days. That was a, you know, a low key, super impressive spot, and I I I really liked it. A fun match. Don't get me wrong. Like I don't want to undersell it and say. No, I'm, I, I think that going into this naturally, you're like, Eddie, RVD, you know, you're, I, I think your expectations naturally rise, but I, there was nothing wrong with this match. It was actually a very good opener. No, it, it was very good. It, it wasn't quite to the level of their ladder match they would do, I no. think, a few weeks after this. Had it not been for that, uh, that dumbass in the Oilers jersey coming in and trying to kill both of them, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, rightfully so, Rob. Let's Rob. Let's re- let's just underscore this. And let's not forget, Oilers fans suck. This is the takeaway that we have to take that we do here. Yeah, go Leafs remember go. that. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I didn't wear my Leafs jersey for you, Warren. Is they're they're playing tonight, and I'm concerned. Speaking I of, think, you know, I think I think you're a brave man to consider wearing a Leafs jersey. Well, you want to speak bravery? I wore. A Leafs shirt walking from one end of Montreal to the other, from St. Catherine to St. Denis. And I well, learned look, every swear word. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. Look, I, I appreciate what you're saying because I get it, right? But it is nothing compared to walking through downtown Montreal with a Bruins shirt on. I, got, your- a com- I got a comment like that. I went to a souvenir shop, and uh, this was ages ago now, and I'm going in. Hey, English boy, you have a lot of balls to wear that in this city. I'm like, well, first things first, Patrick Waugh is my favorite goalie of all time, still to this day. I With reason. With reason. I have footage of myself jumping up for joy when the Habs won the Cup in 93. Um, but this was one of the time when I had fallen out of love with the Habs and had my devotion on the Leafs. My brother is a massive Habs fan. He's been to the Bell Center many times. And I decided to get him a Scott Gomez puck. Oh, this Jesus. is, this is, go- yeah, that, that is a name that is very contentious among going that. Well. Going very well. Yes. Uh, backstage, Reverend Devon and the Deacon Batista are having a time in prayer. And uh, Vince McMahon here is, has his eyes open the whole time. Uh, Warren, I'm... <laughs> I went to Bible college. I almost became a minister, but I have reasons why I didn't get into the, into the field. But uh, Vince is like, he's opening his eyes and watching his crush praying the whole time, like in youth group, just, and I, and I've been in the ministry. I've seen it. I, I've seen it guys. Come on. They, Devon prays for safety for Stacy. Uh, Vince is just like, oh, let's wrap this up here, pal. Like you're sitting in church. You're like, okay, dude, it's 12. Let's go. He's asking him to wrap it up. Uh, Devon then is uh, saying, you know, Bubba won't show up and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then there is a get the F out ad with a shrub. Which was always my favorite. And I thought, and looking at it again, you know, it's very, I, I think it's, 
it's I I always liked the the, the old lady setting fire to her to her. I like I always liked it, but it WWE's production values were very good, but the style and how they they made that that spot that commercial spot basically is very very is already passe, you know, like it's it's not four or five years previous, like literally in the 90s, because it was a very 90s, it had a very 90s feel to it. But in 2002, you're kind of like, yeah, this already feels a little, uh, the, 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 the production of it, the, the execution already feels a little off, you know, with the fish eye, with the very close, the very, now there wasn't a fish eye, I don't think, but you know, the, the, the massive close-ups, you know, and the, what, yeah. but I still look at it and I was like, oh yeah, this one's fun. I, I liked it. It was fun to see again. It was good. Like we're like right at the tail end of the attitude era here anyway. So there's still a bit of that lingering nineties stink here. And next up here for the women's title is Trish Stratus, who just defeated jazz on raw for, for the belt. And it wasn't like a mixed tag match where Steven Richards, hardcore title was also on the line. So her and Bubba Ray mixed tag. They win both belts, kind of like that was it the Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch did a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we had King here being as Jerry the King Lawler as he can ever be, adoring how Trish puts her heart out there. Mm-hmm. Boobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dewan Dudley is coming out to organ music. We're not quite at that banger of a theme. You know, he's called my name that Xavier Woods puts over in his up, up, down, down streams. And the Deacon is out there and out comes Bubba Ray Dudley and a little bit of a, another full circle moment here. We have the former Duchess of Dudleyville, Dudleyville in the corner of, of one of the Dudleys and then the mm-hmm. other Dudley is opposing them. It's kind of, in, kind of interesting. Uh, post-brand split Smackdowns especially are really weird because I've been reviewing them week to week and I get one where it's Val Venus and Randy Orton are in a random tag team against like hardcore Holly and uh, somebody else it, or Farouk and Farouk and Mark Henry are our tag team. APA doesn't exist. Oh wait, these guys used to be in the national domination. Let's just whip them in there. Stacy falls on her bum and Bubba laughs. Stacy kind of runs into Batista or there's a distraction spot that goes wrong. And it's a very quick, clumsy match. And Trish wins with the Bulldog here. Post-match here, we're hoping to get a Dudley Boys reunion, but it is denied by Batista. Get mm-hmm. the table. And we see a double flapjack because like, we're thinking 3D. Even the fans are going for the three. Now, their heels, double flapjack through the table. And this reminds me of another moment with these Three of these guys later with War Rumble 2004, the Dudley Boys against Evolution. We had another, lots of full circle moments. This is this is specifically for uh, Nate, the effing great. Take another shot, Nate. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, how did you like this one, Warren? Well, look, I want to, I think, I, I think my analysis of the match goes exactly with your commentary right here. You spent most of your time talking about the Dudleys. Not a bad thing because you're just calling it as you see it, right? So that it's not a, definitely not criticism on you. It's criticism on WWE, where they have a women's match, but it's all about the dudes. It is all about the, the, the reunion of sorts of the Dudleys that have been split up and the consecration, and that is absolutely a pun, of Reverend Devon becoming a, a true-to-form hill, turning on, on Bubba. Can you imagine Bubba Ray being a... Uh, uh, a baby face <laughs> let's move on um the but but uh, you know i guess the center here is that look this is this is exactly how they treated the women back then uh you know a couple of you know they, they even had a a recap moment where they were like look at what happened last week on smackdown and it's you know it's lingerie it's bra and panties and it's okay like everything that was that every like this again like encapsulate encapsulates it's another moment in time that shows that wwe didn't give a shit about the women and you know i don't know if you know how many people know this or so on and so forth but you know as in as far as booking matches go you know the second match of any card you know you can play with this formula these days but traditionally speaking the second match of the card was the match where the that the booker would put 
I don't know what's, I don't know what the reaction is going to be here. You know, like you're going to try out someone. We're going to try out some people. It'll work. Maybe it won't work. But the second, the second match on the card is usually, it's like the, the void, the black hole match where, you know, people got excited for the first match. You want to try something out, but you don't want to put it up too far on the card because you don't want people to lose their gas. You don't know what's going to happen. So look here, you have the women and you have an angle which frankly, the, the beatdown went on way too long. Like, I was like, come on, let's wrap it up. We get it. Let's wrap it up. Devon's the bad guy. We get it. Let, let's let's go. Um, you know, I think everything was off here. And, uh, uh, and, you know, it's like, I don't think everything WWE does with its women division is still perfect. But Jesus, we are light years away from what it used to be uh at that period right there so you know uh, there's at least something to be thankful for when you go back and you watch this and the women become the women who are in the match and for a title match play second fiddle to this larger story involving guys it's it's truly unfortunate and it's uh yeah we're, we're a far cry away from from the women's revolution we're like 10 oh. over 10 years away from it so it's it's a big yikes and another big yikes into another we have flair and arn anderson having a chat backstage and rick flair promises to take down austin we have austin in a handicap match involving rick flair in the end i think it's rick flair and the big show later on which would prove to be steve austin's third last pay-per-view match until 2022 Mm -hmm. (laughs) what what a world and it was and interesting to see Rick Flair and Arn Anderson in simpler times. It, it was, and uh, just a month removed from Arn Anderson pulling out the spine buster, getting one of the biggest pops in the Air Canada, the Skydome. I'm sorry, the Skydome's mm-hmm. just over here. Oh, the ball game's on right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> and it's there, the Hardy Boys versus Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. I wonder how that Brock guy turned out. Just. Isn't it fun though? Like, because Jr. during commentary, he says, "He says, look at the size of this young man, and just think at how, at how good he's going to be." But let's be honest here, Fretz, my boy. No one knew how good Brock Lesnar would get. No one knew how much of an athlete and how multi-sport this guy would get. Honestly, like you can look at a wrestler and say, "Oh man, he's going to be good in 10, 20. but. On the level of Lesnar, uh, no one expected that. And anyone who tells you that they expected that, they're liars. <laughs> <laughs> I did expect him to be the WWE champion, if 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 that says anything. No, but no, not- for sure. But but the point is, like, no one expected him to like break out and and you know UFC and then be the, be this like the, the, this incredible dominant multi combat sport athlete that he that he became. Like, there's a difference between saying, oh, he's going to be a great wrestler, right? You know, we, we see people like that today, you know. But, like I said, like, no, I don't think anyone expected Brock Lesnar to become what Brock Lesnar is today, which is, you know, even far and beyond just pro wrestling being a great, uh, being a great pro wrestler. Just like a, a combat sports icon, ultimately absolutely and he was getting goldberg chance during <laughs> during this like oh if if looking back with with hindsight foresight whatever that word is someone get me a thesaurus um, we have the hardy boys are getting a lot more offense than i initially thought because i just looked at this and said okay brock lester is going to f5 and powerbomb the shit out of these guys and then he's going to throw Heyman on top get the pinfall but no we have Haven got got connected, uh, hit with a whisper in the wind Mm -hmm. during this match. Like credit to uh, Haven's done some bumps. He did all these, I don't know, tuxedo matches or manager tag team matches with Jim Cornette in the eighties and nineties, and it was really good shit. And he he took his lumps during this match until Brock just said, "Okay, enough offense." F five the Jeff, and then just as I said, Haven gets the pin just because like and and uh paul almost got swanton bombed during this match too yeah and i kind of think that was a bit of a there was a miscue there right because because brock catches jeff 
right? Like in midair where you're like, oh, but then he falls back. Like, you know, Jeff clearly says, fall. Oh, right. Like he forgot his spot there that he was supposed to catch him, but fall back. So, but he, he literally stood there for like a couple of seconds. And it's like, oh, then he teetered over as if, you know, as if he had like a redwood that was just chopped. And it's like, oh, now I fall. <laughs> there you go. But I thoroughly enjoyed that match. Warren, how did you like it? Yeah, fun little match. You know, yeah, yeah, you can question as to whether or not this was, you know, high level pay-per-view quality stuff. I think, you know, whether it had been, whether it had been on a SmackDown or a, or, you know, I think it would have served the same purpose. It was fine. Like, I agree. It's a match to put Brock Lesnar over. And it did it. Yep. And uh, we would have the rocket strapped to him within a month's time. Booker T in the NWO with Mark Lloyd. And uh, Booker then is uh, shooting his shot on a young lady here. And I can tell by the look of, on your face, Warren, that you're just going to have a fun time with it. And, and it's like, hey, you want an autograph? Sign my whisper, whisper, something dirty, probably. Hoy. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> it's, you know, look, it's it's fine for what it is because ultimately it leads to Booker T and, and Goldust being one of the best comedy pairings that company has ever had and you can't be you can't be mad about that but you know the whole the the whole execution of it is just you know it it makes you feel awkward it all comes across as awkward because i think if the the female protagonist that they had hired was a little more invested in what she was doing i think it wouldn't have felt as awkward because booker t comes on really really strong in this over-the-top fashion you know it's like hey, you know and she's like very demure very soft-spoken and you're like yeah it, it felt weird it felt weird you know she was you could tell she was just saying her line she wanted her paycheck to get out you know that you could tell oh yeah just grabbing a random extra here we got a barber chair but first steve austin in a handicap match here which would prove to be his last pay-per-view appearance for nine months against flair and the big show and the four horsemen in the nwo are teaming up for no reason here as if the war against them in wcw meant nothing and austin's tag team partner in this match is a steve weiser unfortunately broken skull ipa hadn't been invented yet and for the love of god broken skull ipa please come to canada i've been waiting for years i have not been to the states yet to have it and i don't know when i'll get the chance oh boy so we have chop woo chop what rick flair flop classic rick flair action here and at this point in time i can i watch this and i'm like man austin is running on fumes he is yeah he is he is burning out like mentally creatively it's it's it'd be just maybe the show after this i think he was gone and austin and the big show have been kind of in a parallel path since uh was it valentine's since day the, yeah since valentine's day massacre I was gonna they say put, since since big show debuted yeah yep yeah. uh michael oh no good jr here puts over the size of big show's boot that they always said it's 22 5 e boot a top rope bump here. Ric Flair goes for the figure four. Steve Austin reverses it. Big Show lands an elbow drop. X-Pac interferes in, in the ring here. I think he accidentally kicks Show. Stutters for all. Austin wins. Lol. I, look, I thought, I thought the match went too long. Yeah. Like, honestly, I think there's easily a five minutes that could have been shaven off this. I, you know... We, of course, you know, with history and hindsight, you know what's going on at this point. You know, Austin is, uh, his injuries are catching up with him. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on right now, right? Even politically backstage and all that, but mostly his his injuries are catching up with him. So when he's doing the, the spots with Charles Robinson at first, you know, with the chairs and so on and so forth, I'm like, oh, they're going all full smoke and mirrors here to sort of cover up the fact, you know, you know they, they're going to give this match time but without having Steve like 
feel like he has to go hard for like 15 minutes or whenever, you know, I think it was about 12 minutes, the match. Um, but uh, he, um, but ultimately no, it's, but you know, he, he, he did what he could, but you know, that's the, that's the thing is like, it was, it was as good as you could get with three guys who are all challenged at this point. Like flair is not, 1987 rick flair anymore you know uh, show paul white uh, you know at, at, he still very athletically capable but i mean at his size and so on and so forth he's not you know he's not the fastest most nimble guy in the ring never was but that was never the point because the point was his size and then you have austin who is the most explosive technically speaking of the three who can't really reach that level either anymore because of his own limitations that are starting to sink in and making it hard. So, I mean, the match in it about itself was fine again, you know, but I don't think it's anything mind boggling that you'll remember. Um, and, uh, and, and, and just uh, really, it does set the table for like, okay, well, this, we're starting, this is where Steve Austin's swan song begins ultimately. Yeah, yeah. For for another for another twenty years, because his performance at WrestleMania was just good. Like, well, look, here's the thing, right? Is that this? Because you can argue that it still was like it'll never be Stone Cold again, right? No. But you know, what made the match fantastic was that we hadn't seen him wrestle for two decades, right? The match wasn't announced, which I think is a smart move comes out of nowhere people are like holy shit and he hits and he hits the you know he does the greatest hits he does the mud hole stomping he does the he does the stunner like that's all you want really you just want to see austin and he's dialing back the the fists he's he's still got that that little austin finesse you know when he's when he's doing his punches and winding up and you're like all right you know this is what i missed and it wasn't a a, a 20 minute thing it was just a brawl was fantastic. I loved it. I loved it, but I think a lot of it has to do with context, you know, because I think if they had built this up, I think we would have been a little more critical, a little more disappointed, but this was just like out of the blue was like a treat, a nice treat for us to sit down and watch WrestleMania. By the way, you saw all these matches. You got Becky Lynch and, 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 and Bianca Belair putting on this fantastic match, absolutely classic match. You have, Seth uh, and and Cody had the Cody debut and his match with Seth with with Seth which was fantastic and here to top it all off we're giving you a Stone Cold who's gonna fight again oh all right you know it's I think the context made it really 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 special absolutely complete sports entertainment mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and speaking of which well done well done sports entertainment yes very well done and speaking of great entertainment we have Edge and Kurt Angle hair versus hair. Despite the fact that God was already winning against against Edge for a good couple of years before this, I say rubbing my head, checking for bald spots. And you see, <laughs> uh, yeah, as as I knock on the door of four, I'm turning 38 in a week, Warren. <laughs> as I tickle 40, here, here we are. <laughs> a package history as they had a match at Backlash. I think this would have better served the shampoo match if you recall jesus put put putting another bow into this hairy feud we see the pat the the history here we see a immediately a spear an overhead suplex to the outside i didn't take that many notes because this match was so damn good let's put this over let's put the this- belly to belly overhead suplex to the floor are you a- kidding me holy shit like over the top rope kind of stuff, Fritz. Yes, and right That's on his insane. tailbone. Right on his tailbone. Just God. What Slap. a crazy bump. Fantastic Sweet. stuff. Fantastic stuff. We have all these hope spots. You think Ed is going to win. Kurt Angle just takes it out from underneath him. And I'm looking at Kurt Angle and uh, back to your gear from SmackDown. Here comes the pain. There's there's a there's a big old uh, note for, uh, for for us of a certain vintage. With the, bald, with the bald thing and the headgear we'd see later. 
brief USA chance here to go up, of course, because you're going up against a Canadian. How dare you? An edge shave gel sh- sign. Get it? Because it's edge shave. Is that available in the States, anyone? This is for us, Warren, I guess. <laughs> I do believe. No, I do believe so. I do believe so. I think yeah. there is. The, the edge products were very well known throughout North America. Yeah, we had edge, and it was just just perfect for him. Edge with a nice missile dropkick. Kurt Angle takes edge to suplex city and this whole chain of events that led to the final was whack we had a ref bump angle gets the chair edge connects the spear but there's no ref another spear a two count angle presses a and b and no mercy hits the spear on edge nope olympic slam kick out straps come off oh shit here we go it's about to go down the an- an ankle is about to be snapped. Ankle snapped. Inseguri, ankle lock. And then, not with an education, not with an edgeomatic, not even the educator or the downward spiral. The deadliest finisher in history war in the roll up. There you go. Gets the win, and Kurt is bald. Holy shit, dude. Uh, match of the night unquestionably yeah yep. uh you know i i, I there, this was fantastic like from the moment i you know when they hit the the belly to belly overhead i popped right out of my seat i'm like wow like this is like this is fantastic stuff uh edge hits a great second rope ddt as well mm-hmm. in there and the spears when the spears start flying and and the, with the ref bump the crowd is just eating it up they're like and so am i everything is, is connecting everything is hitting this was a this was a great great match um and you know i think everything like nothing it was hard it was a hard act to follow um and and as i and when i'm done watching it i'm thinking about it writing down a few notes and i'm like look this type of match is what you see on the regular these days mm-hmm. everywhere you know and it's so many things like belly to belly overhead like i'm gonna talk about it again the belly to belly overhead that's the kind of thing that you see on the independence where people are just like trying to do spectacular stuff to get themselves over i'm like they're doing this in the fed right now that's amazing right but the the pacing the moves the execution the near falls this this is this is a contemporary 2022 match. You look at this 20 years removed and it's it feels relevant, it feels it feels good. It looks like it could belong on dynamite on 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 raw like without question. Even on the indies, I could see this match happen. Yeah, it I loved it. I thought it was fantastic match of the night in my case. No question about it. Definitely. my. I might put this up for my match of the year for 2002. Pretty oh close. Cause, cause this is, well, we are up there in, uh, we're about to hit the beginning of ring of honor. We're about to hit the bumpy beginning of TNA, like those weekly TNA pay-per-views mm-hmm. at first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm reviewing, I'm reviewing one of them. Cute Kyle. We're <laughs> let's, let's do this buddy. But yeah, I, I loved this part. And then we go from this. When you said this fits right in today, I was immediately thinking of uh, Mox versus Danielson earlier this year because that was just so fucking fantastic. And then mm-hmm. it was it was just go, 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 go. Like, was it was it a choke? What, what did Mox win that match or did Danielson? I forget. Uh, Danielson won it. Okay, so it was it was probably like the the one we were talking the one at Revolution. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. it, it oh. It's it, Daniel's on that one. Yeah, he breaks out the LaBelle lock. I don't think he broke up because if he breaks out the cattle mutilation, I'll just lose my mind. <laughs> but it, like, you know, you you can see guys these days, you know, like like uh, like Penta and Pac, you know, you can even smell some Kenny Omega on this. Like there's a lot. I'm telling you, like a lot of what you saw here, you're seeing, the you know, a lot of big contemporary wrestlers these days pulling out these moves this type of match structure on top of that right so i'm like like this is this is great like this this fits it's aged well you know and you know you're sort of like you know people are you know i find i find people are are being a little um 
unnecessarily rough in regards to edge these days because of how he's booked and i think there's 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 part and parcel for it but the turnaround and say red edge was never a good wrestler i think that's that's a terrible take uh you can argue that if your dance partner is kurt angle it's hard to have a bad match and i would concur to a certain degree because kurt angle kurt angle has had bad matches but <laughs> you 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 go back to this you know this is this could be a go-to to someone who says, I've never seen a good edge match. Here you go. Judgment Day 2002. You can forget the, you know, you, the, never mind. It's not the main event, nothing, you know, but go check this out. And I, I, I think it's a good go-to uh, on that level. It is. We're, 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 we're kicking off the SmackDown 6. But first, Booker T and this young lady are in bed. Uh, <laughs> she likes to do it in the dark. I'm not one to kink Shane, but TMI, seriously. And kiss me there, insert fake noise, and then talk dirty to me. This part, this part though, plot me and hear gold dust. I want you to leave the NWO. Lights on, gold dust is in bed with them. We're building up Booker T and gold dust, but <laughs> the bumpy road, how we got it. This is not the lumberjack promos. That lumberjack promo was gold. This, I mean, I, I well, the girl was not invested, but. No, she's like, she's between the two and she's going, <laughs> just get this over with. Like everything is awkward and Booker T's just a bit. Look, um, <laughs> look, I, I, I really, the, the payoff is Goldust and Booker T, which both guys, both of them have said that working together was a career highlight for both of them. So, you know, if this is the road we took, I mean, you know, and it's, it's Dustin Rhodes going, you know what? Screw it. I'm, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this as as stupidly as I can. And it's look, it was the comedy spots and it's, uh, yeah, whatever, whatever it is. It, it, it's comedy. And uh, to go from one spectrum to the other, that's not comedy. It's a hell in a cell. There Chris Jericho versus triple h surprisingly not for the title like this was one of the first non-title helmets something no wait taker michaels wasn't on title despite the fact michael's yeah. european champion uh yeah one of the few helmet cells that's non-title and we had uh tim white wiping out in this match that led us to one of the worst youtube series or wwf exclusives ever made where he's trying to himself yeah, it was just tasteless stuff. But uh, in this match here, we have the, the ladder and there's a spot on top. There's a little bit of a cage on top of the ladder or something. For some reason, I wrote down, it reminds me of AJ Styles at Lockdown 2006 when he hung from the rafters on top of the tiered cage and landed on someone because he is crazy. Chris Jericho uses a ladder. No, it was because Chris Jericho used the ladder on top of the cell. Because he is a maniac. We have a whole whack of spots here. We see a stair, we see stairs, ladders, chairs. Oh my, get involved in this. A drop toe hold into the steps, a face buster. And that bump, like I was trying to figure out, okay, where did Tim White get hurt? He got bumped from the apron to the outside, like just creamed right into the fence. I'm like, that's what did it. That's what yeah. killed his rotator cuff. And Having someone with shoulder problems today, thank you, scoliosis and spinal fusion for that one. It's just made me cringe really hard. We have a chair shot by Y2J. Chris, uh, I wrote, okay, I wrote that down again. And I don't know if Tim White actually bled hard way, but he fucking no. bladed here. He yeah, must have went did. into his tights and went, just yeah. prop, props and, and to him. And, and, and Jericho made sure we saw it, right? Because there was a, a moment where he's on the floor and he's yelling at him and he turns him around on his back because he was he was face down and he turns him on his back so the camera can move in. And then there's a big puddle of of, of, of blood there. And I'm like, oh, okay. No, he, much respect for, for, for that. You don't see many refs do blade jobs anymore. That was pretty that that, that was pretty surprising. No, the, the only one that comes to mind is one that always got physical, especially at house shows, and that would have been Earl Hebner. Like there's footage of him like taking out all of DX with with just mm -hmm one punches and it's amazing triple h breaks out the sledgehammer because of course brawl to the outside the spanish announce table gets 
destroyed. Triple H goes for a no Jericho. I'm sorry, goes for a pedigree, tries to press A and B and no mercy. But note, Triple H must have had that extra bit of adrenaline back in his slot here. Big old low blow. I've been playing a lot of 2K22, in case you can't tell. <laughs> uh, they go to the roof, and I'm thinking, oh, dear God, who's going to get the Mick Foley spot here? Please don't die. And taking us back to No Way Out 2000 was a barbed wire 2 by 4 Unfortunately, I don't think they lit it on fire because Cactus Jack was nowhere to be found i don't think he was even affiliated with a company at this point in time walls of jericho here i guess the missions are going to count up there because mike kyoto climbs the cage because well, tim white's rotator cuff is gone and he can't get up there a pedigree is teased but triple h is dropped we see a barb wire shot and holy smokes here just i have yeah, we got the the pedigree again on the top, and Triple H wins this match. Uh, yep. It felt shorter. It felt a bit shorter than it was. Like it was only like maybe twenty five minutes. It felt maybe somewhere around there. But you know, this saw us the loss of Tim White. This finally wrapped up this long personal feud that involved Stephanie McMahon for a brief period of time, where mm-hmm. where Triple H wanted a divorce. Big full circle moment there for. For Vince and Linda, but man, this was this was pretty decent. How'd you like this and one? I, I I think that by you know by saying oh went twenty five minutes but felt shorter, I think that's always a good sign. I yeah. you know it, that's always a good sign. I enjoyed this. I th- honestly I think this is this is Chris Jericho and Triple H's best WWE match. Yeah, I think that this is the one that everything clicked the most with it, where everything just fell into place. Uh, I I enjoyed it tremendously because their previous stuff was a little, and I went into this going, ah, it's another, it's another one of these. But no, this was actually a lot of fun. Once once they started ramping up the the spots and the violence and the plunder, it was really cool. And I thought the drop toe hole spot into the stairs because Jericho was carrying the stairs on, uh, you know, uh, right above his head, and then he does the he run he runs slash. He power walks, okay? Because you don't run with stairs like that, Fritz. That's just unsafe. You don't do that. But he power walks into the drop toehold, and then he falls onto the stair. That was like, oh, that's a that's a creative spot. Never seen that. Don't really think ever having seen it again because it it looked dangerous. Like Mick Foley once said, if it looks like it hurt, it hurt like hell. So they probably didn't do it again. <laughs> No, and, I enjoyed uh, it. I thought it was good. Yeah, those stairs weigh five hundred pounds, though, don't they? They're unforgiving. I've been told. Uh, apparently, uh, I haven't seen live wrestling in like twenty years, so I I couldn't tell you what's what. But we have Kurt Angle here. Is uh, we're having a Wiley Cody Roadrunner cartoon with uh, Edge and Kurt Angle here. Edge, of course, he's trying to hide. He uh, puts on like he puts on like the the barber bib thing at the makeup chair and kind of. Tries to hide his face here just a, a, a little bit. And then we're led into the WWE, get the F out. And it's, it's like a, uh, this couple's at makeout point. They're, they're doing, they're doing some things. The, the fog then is shaped like WWF window goes down. Sexual chocolate music playing, by the way, comes back up and it's F. Oh, cause they're effing. That's what yeah. They're going for it. Yeah, they're getting it out. You see, get it out of your systems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hormonal weirdos. Meanwhile, at WWF New York, I mean the world, the world, world, and this is going to be a big shout out to the RA Era Podcast. Main Event Maven has reached main event status as he is on a hot date with Tori Wilson, and it's like Tori, Tori can what? can wear whatever she wants or nothing at all. I think that was a Jerry the King Lawler line. I didn't make a note. I just wrote that line down. I don't know why. And next up here we had <laughs> for the tag titles, Billy and Chuck against Rikishi and a opponent to be named by Mr. McMahon. I just reviewed that SmackDown where that stipulation was uh, enforced. Our, our timing went right, went perfectly because on the timeline, this pay-per-view is next. 
<laughs> so we're the cancellation might have been a, a, a great there you go probably <laughs> was benefit. yeah exactly the tag team partner was rico the stylist of billy and chuck get it because we're putting the odds against rikishi and because i don't know why and i gotta say something about billy and chuck here uh seemingly problematic gimmick aside as a tag team as wrestlers great cohesive unit underrated tag team and i mean you look so good to me that that theme is underrated like, <laughs> absolutely underrated it's a osw boy status here shout out to osw review for that one as well um yeah this reminds me a little bit of the cody bob holly situation you remember when it was uh bob Hall, uh, cody and a mystery partner against no, Cody and Bob against Ted DiBiase Jr. and a mystery partner. Who was that mystery partner? Cody Rhodes. Swerve, bro. But it wasn't as executed as well as that. And seeing Rikishi under the hell in the cell that was just raised to the roof <laughs> gave me a bit of a callback to Armageddon when he was mm-hmm. just lightly figure poke doomed nudge off the top into a bed of wood chips which was it was it yeah it was wood chips i was like hey but no you're right it was wood chips it, it was like a, a mattress made out of wood chips in the back of a flatbread and had he went like a foot one way or the other that could have went so so badly mm-hmm. and and given what's happened with people from heights in the wwe it's no fun and nope. we're introducing the partner here there's no music and it's like Oh, opponent is. Oh, God bless. God rest Howard Finkel. Like, drum roll, please. Rico. And even he said, I'm like, what? I have to wrestle my own guys? Oh, no. But of course, he refuses the tag. Uh, JR makes fun of those sideburns. Mattingly, I told you to shave those sideburns. You're off the team for good. Uh, Rico <laughs> accidentally spin kicks Chuck. And then I think Rikishi either just pins him or Bonsai drops one of them and Rikishi is the tag team champions. Much like Team Hell No, Rikishi is the champions. A little bit to unpack there. <laughs> Warren, how did you like that? Uh, I could have done without it. It did not It did zero and nothing for me. Smackdown match. You know, it, it's these type of situation where you revisit something 20 years away, away you know, and you, you know, you're not privy to the storylines. You're not invested in it you're just sitting down to watch some wrestling you're like what is going on this is all too much why can't you guys just wrestle i don't know it didn't do anything for me it, it was a lot of filler a lot of schmoz and this is it's funny you said that the second match in the show is what it's not quite the death spot but this is where the death spot was it's uh well i mean look if i'm booking this show with these matches i do the exact same thing because there is no way in hell that Hogan and Taker are going to raise the bar immediately if they follow uh, Chris Jericho and Triple H, which was a, a very entertaining match that the audience was really, really into. Like, there's so you need this buffer. You need the cool down because you need people to get excited again. Otherwise, the bar is too high. You know, I, I, th- I think it was perfectly put together like i said the match didn't do anything for me but i understand why it was there you know it's a it's a paul white qt marshall setup from a from all out last year i'm like why is this on the card well it's to serve as a buffer you know then that's exactly what this is that's exactly what this was so good booking overall like it makes sense you know it did exactly what it needed to do i totally forgot about that match <laughs> And finally, after a wild goose chase, Kurt Angle gets his head shaved. Uh, we see a, a bit here. You're teasing Edge getting his head shaved because on SmackDown just before this, uh, Kurt Angle jumped Edge and took a big old clump out of his hair. Mm-hmm. And and it wasn't like the Shawn Michaels Bret Hart fight. Like Jim Cornette wasn't there to tape it to the wall as some kind of trophy. I think he still has that. What the hell, Jim? And we see a sleeper hold the Kurt Angle and. Kurt Angle is out. He is strapped into the chair and he's like, no, no, no. They're not going to chant. You suck. Now they're going to chant your bald. And I think I saw a straight razor in there somewhere. Like, 
do not try to use a straight razor on a bald man, Ted, because if you've got a bumpy head, if you've got a head full of bumps because you're no, clumsy like me, no, you're, no. you're you're not going to have a good time here. No. And we see na 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 hey 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 goodbye sung to Kurt's hair, which again God was beating him to the punch for about a good two or three years before this, and then Kurt Angle's reaction, you know, cries like only Kurt can, but he's looking in a broken mirror, and I'm thinking. What's going to happen to you in seven years, Kurt? Because there's seven years of bad luck involved there. Let's see, 2003, he breaks his neck. 2004, he breaks his... Kayfe breaks his leg, because I'm going again to the RA era podcast. They just got to GM Kurt. 06, he's... Yeah, seven years of bad luck for Kurt after that. Sorry, dude. I mean, come on. We, we had to come back to the bald spot here, and that, that was fun. The... Um creation of his iconic look no one remembers Kurt Angle with his hair no one remembers Kurt Angle with his hair so no. I mean it, it was the creation of the uh, of the Kurt Angle that everyone remembers so because I, I got no mercy for the N64 at this point in time I was a very late bloomer to it because I got it from GameStop on discount because the GameCube had already been out at this point in time Mm-hmm. so for 50 bucks i got an n64 i got three controllers and then i'm gonna ruffle through i'm gonna get oh, i'm gonna get no mercy here we go and immediately i'm like okay kurt angle with hair nope new new <laughs> cost slot bald kurt a main event that is nine years in the making following this tuesday in texas the undertaker booger red challenging the undisputed champion hulk hogan hulk hogan the world champion in 2002 mind you Mm -hmm. main event and we hear a new theme for the undertaker because hey limp biscuits you know they're the the well has run dry for limp biscuit and quite frankly rolling for a heel just doesn't cut it so we hear a really shitty instrumental pre you've done it now version of the booger red theme r.i.p biscuit uh (laughs) this tuesday in texas and survivor series it was not well quite frankly those matches weren't that good either because they had lots of shenanigans like a tombstone Mm -hmm. on the chair that was nowhere near the chair and good lord this match was awful we have hogan kicks a chair into taker's head vince mcmahon comes out here to distract grabs the leg we're seeing a lot of foreshadowing here because uh mcmahon and hogan have been chirping on smackdown before this and we're getting a little bit of a preview of wrestlemania 18 taker then gets a chair shot and lands the worst choke slam of all time and i still stand by that to this day it's the worst choke slam i think i've ever seen it might be worse then Vince McMahon's selling of the stunner at WrestleMania 38. But the now, Undertaker is the new champion. Okay, Warren. Now, I, speaking of the choke slam, I'm going to start with that. I remember uh, when I saw the spot, I was like, oh, wait, this is the spot that was edited on the network. Because you probably watched this on the network, right? As I did. I did. I watched it live back in the day, too. Well, but. I, mean, I don't know if you remember this, but the camera angle I'm convinced was different. But the 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 one thing that they did edit was Undertaker shouting at Hogan, "Jump!" Oh yeah, I swear. And that's because Hogan was not moving. Because you see, like I said, like I'm convinced this isn't the exact same angle that they used. I'm 100% convinced because when I when when I saw the original. You've got Hogan's not moving. You know how there's always like a little, there's 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 like a little, okay, like a one, two, hip, you know, kind of thing. You know, it's like, yeah. hip. No, no one's seeing what I'm doing right now. <laughs> but, you know, there's like a little, you know, Taker sort of lowers and then lifts. So he lowers, but Hogan is stiff. He's not moving. So he's not following. And that's why Taker goes, jump. And you clearly hear the uh, like it's not even an audible it's like okay like you know mask off completely let's just let's just go let's let's mic these guys and have them let's listen to them call spots at this point and this was terrible (laughs) this was this was this was terrible there was no reason to finish the match and and 
the, you know, it's a it's a match that you know that was uh, booked as such and main evented just off of the backs of you know the the fact that it's the Undertaker and it's Hulk Hogan. You know, like there's no other reason because we we've known for a while at this point that Hogan couldn't go anymore, uh, and uh, and you know Taker as well. You know, kind of like Austin, right? Not that not at his prime, his own injuries, his own litany of injuries, his you know his textbook of of everything that was wrong with him, catching up with him. So so not as mobile. So if he has to carry Hulk Hogan sandbagging him on top of his own issues, on top of his own stuff, like of course this is a recipe for disaster. There was no reason for this match. Like honestly, this pay per view should have finished with the Hell in a Cell match. It really should have. Absolutely. Because other, even with the final angle with, you know, the, you know, McMahon and all that, you know, the, 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 like the crowd was, was really, they were into it at first. They, they were getting sucked out of it. Um, I really didn't care for this. I really, really didn't. Um, the, the final, the final choke slam was thankfully better than the one, midway with the jump but and you were talking about theme songs right mm-hmm. i had completely forgotten about hulk hogan's wwe voodoo child sound alike oh that my they god played. But, but, i was like and at first i was like wait did they oh god no they didn't Ugh. yeah it was just for pay 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 the pay Jimi Hendrix's kids the money, like or his estate, whatever. Just do it. Like it's ridiculous at that point. No, it, it's like and, a... and, and the weird thing is, is on top of that, but they uh, you know they would course correct this, right? If you're having Hogan come out in orange and yellow, you're doing the nostalgia thing. Go real American. Let's fucking go. Let's do it. Like that's they'd understand this in a couple of years, right? They'd understand that this is what people would want out of a Hulk Hogan returning to WWE, WWF. They want the red and yellow. And they eventually get it. But, you know, I'll, the whole presentation, everything just stunk. It just, everything stunk. I didn't. I really didn't care for this. And, and plus, Voodoo Child was an NWO thing. And it, it just reminds me... What well, was Hogan's was, NWO thing? That's it. Yeah, Hogan's NWO thing. But it reminded me also, because I've been doing... 2001 show says i did almost the entire invasion like i took some time off at near the end of the invasion because things happened and then holy crap the invasion was bad it's like uncle mm-hmm. cracker with uh x factor every raw had like the 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 video game theme not uncle cracker and then the pay-per-views like king of the ring 01 on the network had the the uncle cracker song but then i go oh the next night on raw no so I, th- I thought that was strange, but overall, this pay-per-view, it, it was okay. I mean, the, the hair the hair versus hair match, would get, we had a couple of good spots in here, but uh, yeah, the Attitude Era, this is not, but that's wrapping this one up. Uh, I'm going to give Warren here a chance to plug his stuff. Where, where can we find him, listen to him, uh, social medias, shows, YouTube, go for it. The floor is yours. Well, first of all, thank you very much, Fretz, for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. It's always fun to go back and watch WWE stuff. And and just as a to throw in here, I agree with you. Like it's a it's a forgettable pay per view, despite the fact that I would recommend anyone going back and you know if anyone wanted to watch Kurt Angle and Edge from this show, you're, you're going to be thoroughly entertained. That's a good match. If you want to see Eddie and RVD have a nice little match? Go right ahead, like you you know. But the rest is entirely forgettable. But it's not, you know what? Quick thing. I'm sorry. I'll get into my plugs. I promise. You can edit this out anyway if you want, right? I don't edit, dude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One take. I don't the, have the time. <laughs> the um, it's ref- it was refreshing though to watch a WWE pay per view, uh, a, a show back then because it had been a while since I had watched one where you're not submerged in these ridiculous amounts of camera cuts, right? Like Eddie and RVD. It struck me during that match, they're having the, you know, these high-flying moves, 
and you know it's just one single camera on this long traveling shot for a while and i'm like man this feels like i'm watching wrestling and i'm not being bombarded and my senses aren't being over overtaken i can focus on what's looking you know it's it felt good so that's also i think that's also a net positive in our in our day and age um now as for plugs well I record I record the Mr. Warren Hayes Show podcast, which is a podcast about professional wrestling that I do every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Um, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central that I record. Fritz is always there. He's there every every Thursday. It's always a pleasure to see his 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 wonderful face there, although it's not necessarily his face, but you get what I mean. Um, I go over the, the, the weekend wrestling stuff that was interesting to me. I do show reviews, so on and so forth. So come check that out. Uh, uh, and I also have on the same channel a podcast uh, about independent wrestling, which, uh, which is called Hot Shakes and Hand Dogs uh, that I co-host with uh, Sean Taggart, where we talk about independent wrestling, talk about the shows that happened over the weekend uh, and all the happenings in indie wrestling. So that's also available on the YouTube channel, but it's also available on all podcast formats as well. Your favorite podcast application, my stuff is there as well. Plus follow Bell to Bells, your women's wrestling wire, belltobells.com, B-E-L-T-O-B-E-L-L-E-S.com, youtube.com slash belltobells. We have a ton of interviews there that we did with tons of women wrestlers. Fantastic stuff. Or on Twitter at belltobells. I think that covers it. Brett's? You forgot to do the B E double L E. Well, you know, you keep some, you, you, you know, you, you sort of keep some stuff for when you're at home, but when you go visit people, you know, you're a little more polite, you know? <laughs> that's, that's, that, that is completely, that's acceptable. Uh, thanks, Warren. It's, it was an absolute honor. Been wanting to do this for a while. So thanks that we finally got to do this. You can, of course, yes. follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Yes, I am a man approaching 40 US TikTok at Fretzelmania, that's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. Follow Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast on Twitter at addict underscore wrestle. Wrestle Addict Radio on Instagram. Listen to Mr. YLP, the Young Lions Perspective, every Saturday giving you the news of the week. Listen to the Kings of the Rings podcast with King Ricky Rose, the Queen Bee themselves, the K Murphy, and of course, Willie T. They stream every Wednesday night on Twitch and YouTube, youtube.com slash. I think it's on the Kings of the Rings. Links are all in this. We have a Discord server, much like Mr. Warren Hayes. I am a member of his Discord server. He is a member of mine, I do believe. We have a Patreon. Uh, honestly, there's not a lot happening on our Patreon right now, but uh, you do get 15% off of our merch on spring. There's t-shirts, hoodies, mugs face masks all that kind of deal for every personality on war even our former podcast podcast good brother mance from the delight show mance chapel i hope you sir are doing well that is it for this one folks thank you very much ttfn ta-ta for now and keep your stick on the ice